0: Welcome to today's edition of The Plum Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H dot com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I'm joined again today by Dan Sarad, the Chief Operating Officer for Jews for Jesus, as we discuss the war in Israel. From a biblical perspective, talk a bit about prophecy. Stay tuned for this edition of The Plum Line and reach me anytime at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Support for the Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors. Abundant Life Landscape, your irrigation repair specialist. Call them at 619-277-2410. And by Charles McLucas Jr., founder and CEO of Charitable Trust Administrators, Inc. Learn about the benefits of a charitable remainder trust at ctai-ca.com. Support for The Plum Line is also provided by Simple Turn. Their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. On today's edition of The Plum Line, I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I'm joined by Dan Sarad, Chief Operating Officer for Jews for Jesus. We're discussing Israel, and we're going to put our focus on this portion on whether this does or doesn't really tie into some of the things that we find in the scriptures as far as biblical prophecy here. And so uh, welcome back to the broadcast, Dan.
1: Thanks, Jay. Thanks a lot for having me again. Really appreciate you and your ministry.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to digging into some scriptures here in this portion. And for those who maybe missed the first part here where we focused on what's happening in Israel and some of Dan's experiences and what Jews for Jesus is doing there, you can go to Spotify, put in the Plum Line with Jay Rudolph, and you can find that edition. And love to have you do that. Love to have you support them as well as they're reaching out and ministering in Israel. JewsforJesus.org. Simple to go to that website, JewsforJesus.org, and dot org and support there. Well, Dan, let's discuss a little bit about how we pray. I I talked a bit about how we pray for Israelis, but what about for the terrorists? What about for Hamas or Hezbollah or the other terrorist groups? What is the appropriate or proper way to pray concerning them?
1: Yeah, so, you know, we need to follow Jesus' example. He's the one who taught us how to pray, right? And pray as Jesus taught us. My kingdom come, my will be done, right? So that's what we're praying for, God's kingdom, God's will to be done, God's justice to be done. And Jesus said, hey, pray for your enemies. And he didn't say take vengeance on your enemies. He didn't say, you know, curse them. No, we need to pray them. We need to love them. And I think the most loving thing to do is to pray for salvation for people, which we certainly should do for Israelis. We should definitely do that for Arabs and for Muslims. And, you know, that includes uh, praying for enemies and praying for their salvation. In this case, it's Hamas, you know? And I believe that God can do all things. And maybe God will use this to bring Hamas to himself. That would be wonderful. That would be amazing. And if that happens, you know, they're going to, put down their arms, you know, we would have peace, right? <laughs> but if not, and I mean, again, God's justice. Mm. Um, I'm not interested in my own ways of things. I'm not God. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in God's justice. And you know, that's where my trust is. That's where our trust is, that God is going to have justice with all those with all those people, all these atrocities that we saw that Hamas did. Yeah. So, pray yeah. for yeah. God's justice.
0: Yeah, well, and let's distinguish here between individuals and nations or governments, because you, you made a statement there about not taking vengeance. And so when we're talking about praying as individuals, we're not to, you know, seek to take uh, vengeance ourselves. But God, I believe, has given uh, the nation of Israel, you know, the right to defend itself. So we're not saying that Israel should just let this go, Don't worry, don't worry about it, don't do anything about it. That's not what we're saying, right?
1: No, not at all. I mean— Hey, Jay, let me ask you a question. What would happen right now if Israel would put down its arm? If Israel would stop attacking, would just fall and say, okay, no, what what do you think would happen?
0: Yeah, well, I think, I've done some reading, actually, to see, and I don't want to talk about this a little bit, too, because uh, Iran is really behind all of this, and so uh, Iran would take over Israel, I believe. Israel
1: would be destroyed. If Israel put down its arm, absolutely, everybody knows, that makes sense, Hamas would come in Lebanon, we we would die. There would be no Israel. They would destroy us. On the other hand, what would happen if Hamas puts down their weapons? Mm. If they say, hey, right. we're not going to attack, we're down, Guess what? Peace would happen. Yep. That just kind of gives you, you know, it's common sense. You don't need to have a doctorate in theology or be a brilliant anything. Just common sense. <laughs> it, gives you, it gives you really where you should stand, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so that's really what it is.
0: Yeah, well, and let's get into some scriptures here in particular, but I think to Mm -hmm. set the stage for this, we probably should explain why Israel is such a a big deal. You and I have done this on previous broadcasts, but I think we need to go back over this ground. Why is it that there's so much attention on Israel, particularly Jerusalem is talked about so much for such a tiny and a little city, but why is that?
1: Yeah, and I think the reason is, And again, I don't want to go into detail because we are going to get into prophecy here, but just to say the reason is God. God has put down his own reputation on the survival of Israel and on the well-being of the Jewish people, of those descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God is the one who made the covenant with Abraham, Genesis 12, and said, hey, I'm going to bless your seed. I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to do all those things for you. And we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. There's a spiritual war that's happening and you know, in the spiritual realm between God and between Satan, between good and evil. And if there's no Jewish people, if there's no Israel, you know, God is a liar. His promises, what he made, what he said is not true. That is where the battle is. That's why Israel is so key. Not because I said so. Not because you said so. Not because of Israel being so smart or being, you know, having a great military or being the startup nation or whatever. No, it's because of God and because of what God said and what God promised. So that's why the the world's attention now is on Israel. It's something that has been part of just redemptive history because of this battle. And God is the one who made these promises. So that's really why we're seeing what we're seeing.
0: Yeah. And the land of Israel has been promised to the Jews forever. And what's exciting about that promise is God, you know, for a while people said, oh, that can't be because Israel wasn't even a Mm -hmm. nation. But there was a big Mm -hmm. thing that happened in 1948, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So Israel was established as a nation. And all of a sudden, we're looking at the Bible and we're and, and reading those prophecies before, you know, during the Holocaust time and so much people and scholars are saying, whoa, that cannot be ever literally fulfilled. And now 1948 and 1967 comes along. 1967 is when Jerusalem was unified. 48 of course is when Israel was declared a state and all of a sudden everybody's looking at these prophecies like Ezekiel 37 and saying wow this is fulfilled in front of our eyes this has happened literally as the Bible said that it would happen people are shocked and I'm not, (laughs) we shouldn't be shocked God is a promise keeper we see it over and over again throughout history so it's amazing and you know in many ways we see in Ezekiel 37 this amazing reality of how Israel will be back in the land, which they are, the bones have come together. But then there is this scene there of these bones that are coming together, but they're not alive yet. They're kind of zombies. They don't have the spirit of God within them. And in many ways, that is the situation today because Israel is back in the land, the Jewish people are there, but they're mainly in unbelief. They don't have the spirit in them. And so in many ways, that's the situation. Now, we do believe there's going to be a time where all Israel will be saved. And very clearly, the Apostle Paul, he's quoting Korah, but in Romans 11, describes that reality. But there are different things that are going to happen before that time. All of Israel will be saved when Messiah Jesus comes back the second time. But in the middle of it all, Things are happening. And I think we need to be very careful when we dive into this right now, right? Because we can very easily look at current events and say, yep, that fits that. Where the Bible clearly warns us that nobody knows the time and hour, you know? And so I do know that we're getting closer to that second return. We don't know a date. And we can see how in these current events may develop into some of these things that, that we're reading about. Gog and Magog, War, Armageddon. We can start kind of looking at it and deciphering and saying, well, no, 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 I could see how this is going to happen. But I don't think we're there yet, and I think we need to be very careful. Yeah. I like to propose and say, I think maybe we're in the beginning of the end times. Now, the end times is a long period of time. <laughs> in the beginning... But I don't think we're there yet, and obviously we're going to have um, amazing signs that are going to happen before we start the real end times, that seven-year period that would lead to the physical, real return, second return of Messiah, Jesus. Yeah. You know, so obviously we're not there, and I don't know when we'll get there or how long this is going to be, but maybe this is the beginning of the end of times.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. So, And we'll get into that more in just a, a bit here. I want to read a couple of scriptures here before we go to the break, because you referenced these, and I want to just turn to them and let the listener know exactly where they can find them. You referred to Romans 11. I'm going to read Romans 11.26, where it says, And in this way all Israel will be saved, as it is written, the Deliverer, with a capital D, that being Jesus, will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. That's the ESV translation of Romans eleven twenty six. I would encourage the listener to dig into all of Romans chapter 11, because you really need the context that I don't have time to share, obviously, the whole chapter here. But spend some time digging into that and asking God what he is saying about what is taking place in our day and age that we're living in here. And then we're going to get into some other scriptures that talk about the fact that there'll be a mass return of Jews to the land of Israel. That has kind of started to take place, but when we come back from the break, we We'll uh, tackle that. So, and uh, Dan, you may want to make some comments on the verse I just shared more, but I'll hold those off till after the break here, and then we can come back with more on that in just a, a second here. So stick around, those of you in the listening audience, and let me encourage you to support those Christian-owned businesses and ministries that you hear advertising on the plumb Line. They make it possible for the plumb Line to air in your area. And you can share with them or reach out to them and just say, hey, thanks for uh, supporting the Plum Line so that the show can be on the radio. Or if you can utilize their services, do business with them, that would be greatly appreciated. You can reach me at this email address, radio at gmail.com. Plum again is P-L-U-M-B, Radio at gmail.com. Hey, I'm with Michael Ross, the creator of Revelator Games. Michael, can you tell us why you developed this unique game? Sure.
1: Let me just clarify something. So it's a small group Bible study activity with a board game element to it. I created the game because I myself personally delight in God's word you know, through scripture memorization. So I created this game so that we can, one, memorize scripture, but also have fun while we're doing it.
0: Mm, the Remain game and more. You can check out Mike's products at revelatorgames.com. Thanks for tuning in to The Plum Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph. My guest is Dan Sarad, Chief Operating Officer for Jews for Jesus. And we're talking on this portion of the broadcast about biblical prophecy and how it relates to Israel and specifically to what's going on concerning war in Israel right now. And if you missed our discussion about what's happening in Israel now and some of the talks about the terrorist activity, and we're really not even having time to, to get too deeply into the fact that Iran is really backing and financing all of this that's going on. But if you missed that discussion, you can find that at places where you go for podcasts, like Spotify just put in The plumb Line with Jay Rudolph. And if you look up my guest's name, that might be the easiest way to find it, Dan Sered S-E-R-E-D. That's how you spell that. And again, the website is Jews org. Well, Dan, I want to talk a little bit here of what I promoted before we went to the break there, that there has kind of already started a mass return of Jews to the land of Israel, but my understanding is we'll see even more of that, of Jews returning to their native land. And there are a number of scriptures that talk about this. I'm not going to have time to read all these, but in Deuteronomy chapter 30, it talks about, He will gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. In Isaiah 43, 6, there are a number of references in Ezekiel. You referred already to Ezekiel chapter 36. Seven. That would be a good one. In fact, Ezekiel 37 and all the way through 39 would be good chapters to study if you want to understand what may be coming together here in this time that we're living in. But the reality is there's going to be a mass return of Jews to the land of Israel, if I'm understanding correctly.
1: Correct. And for that, if we look at that prophecy, and then again, like you said, then Ezekiel 37, perfect place, you will find it there. And you will see that 37 and 11 through 14 where God kind of explains. So you'll see that prophecy. And in many ways, we sit here and the reality is we can say, check, done. Why do I say that? Well, this is a no-brainer. Everybody agrees because it's fact. Right now, out of all the countries in the world, the country with the largest Jewish population is Israel. Number one, Israel. Number two, U.S. In Israel, there's about 7.5 million Jewish people. In the U.S., 6 million, million, So that prophecy is happening. And each year, more Jews are coming in. The war between Russia and Ukraine caused more Jews from Russia and Ukraine to move to Israel. Hmm. Other world events, the rise in anti-Semitism that we're seeing all over the world. What's going to be the result of that? More Jews are moving to Israel. So that prophecy, no-brainer. It has been... Fulfilled. Mm. And some of the other processes, Jay, are a little bit more complicated, especially related to this war. So
0: Yeah, we'll go into Ezekiel 38 and 39 in just a moment, but before that, there is another one that I wanted to tackle, and it's the one about the fact that Israel will recognize Jesus as their Messiah. You and I have also talked about the fact that there have been an increasing number of Jews who have become Messianic Jews like yourself, which means they've put their faith in Jesus Christ, but still, that's nowhere near the numbers that will take place in the last days. And to my understanding, well, let me read this verse first, and then I'll Say what I was going to say here. In Zechariah 12:10, it says, I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy so that when they look on me, on him whom they have pierced, they shall mourn for him as one mourns for an only child, and weep bitterly over him as one weeps over a firstborn. That's Zechariah 12.10, a prophecy there of the Old Testament. Now, is this taking place when the Lord returns at the end of the tribulation to establish his kingdom on earth? Is that what we're seeing here?
1: Yes. So you have also, before you've quoted Romans 11, you read verse 26. And, you know, it says there, all Israel will be saved, as you read. And all means all. Every single Jewish person alive at that time will come to faith in Jesus. And that's going to happen after the tribulation when Jesus returns physically. And, you know, everybody will see him. You know, people read this and said, hey, how can all the Jews be saved. You know what I mean? I'm talking about, you know, in the 1800s, they said, how could this happen? Well, you know, now we invented the television and social media and live streaming. We can see that now it could happen, right? I mean, it's not not even a big deal for something to be live event like this happening. It'll be such an earth-shattering, earth-changing, amazing event. Everybody's going to be watching and they're going to see him might be on their devices, you know, but they'll see him. And, and when the Jewish people see him, all Israel will be, every single one, every single Jewish person will come to know him. So that's our hope. We're all waiting, looking forward to Jesus' second returning, man.
0: Yes, amen. Well, let's dig into Ezekiel 38 and 39 just briefly here in the time that we have left, because I want to at least kind of look at both of our understandings of this and express it to those in the listening audience here. And if this stirs up some conversation, I would love that. Yeah, uh, yeah so my email again is radio at gmail.com. I found that certain discussions stir up more conversation than others, and this might be one of those. So.
1: Go ahead. Yeah. And I, and 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 I would hope so. If we can get people diving into the scriptures, it's a good thing. Yes. Let me just say something that, that for both of us, Jay, both of you and I agreed. This is not something that we would die for. This is not something that right. is like so important. Like, you know, I'm going to show you my view. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm not right. And Jay, maybe you'll disagree. My view is that, you know, the battle of Armageddon that we read about in the end of days is different than the war of Gog and Magog. Yes, I agree. And and maybe somebody disagrees, and that's fine. You know, this is all, in many ways, speculation, and you look at it. Now, I never thought that I would come to a day where I'm seeing Iran and Russia being so close. I don't really understand what's China's role in all of this. I'm not a political expert or whatever. But from the scripture, you're talking about Gog and Magog, and it's all... um, same vicinities as you know persia iran you know russia to the east you know so you're kind of looking at it and you're like whoa i could see this thing happening and as you read ezekiel 38 and let me give you an example verse 11. well let me start in verse 10. thus says the lord god on that day thoughts will come into your mind and you will devise an evil scheme and say i will go up against the land of unwalled villages i will fall upon the quiet people who dwell security, all of them dwelling without walls and having no bars or gates. I mean, there are no walls around cities in Israel today. You know, now when this was ripped, archaeology, whatever we know, there were always walled cities. Today in Israel, we don't have walls around us. Now, there is a wall around the Gaza Strip that was first opened on October 7th. So do you see what I'm saying? Like like you read this and you say, "Wow, I could see things happening. And as you read Ezekiel 38 and 39, you read about this treaty or this Gog and Magog coming together. So I'm looking at it and I'm saying, okay, it's not so far-fetched anymore. Mm-hmm. Just like all Israel will be saved and everybody seeing him just like you read. Now it's not so far-fetched you right. know when it was written you know you go back how could everybody see what's happening in jerusalem you'd say that is so far-fetched can happen <laughs> well today we look at it and saying, you see what i'm saying so as i'm reading this and i'm saying it hey that's why i started off by saying my humble opinion i wouldn't die over it maybe i'm 100 wrong i don't know but i think that this is kind of like the beginning of the end of time yeah you know yeah. i am not going to be surprised if i believe in the rapture i'm not ashamed of my faith in the rapture. I think it's scriptural. Maybe we can talk about it one day, but I would not be surprised if the rapture happened in my time here on earth. I used to tell Dina, my wife, she can testify. I used to say, no, I don't think the rapture is going to happen in our lifetime. It could happen in our grandkids' lifetime. I don't think it will happen in our lifetime or our kids' lifetime. Now, as I'm seeing what's happening, I would not be surprised if it happens in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. So the message is be ready. The message is trusting God. The whole message of the book of Revelation is perseverance, perseverance for the church. You know, let's fight the good fight. Now is the time for us to stand for truth, to stand for the Lord, to share the gospel, to pray, to intercede. Now is the time for us to live godly lives, to serve God, to speak out against evil. Now is the time.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for that here, and we're running short on time. I just want to mention briefly here, because we brought up some things here about this connection between Russia and Iran, and so I just want to point out that in Ezekiel 38, and this is why I encourage the listener to study there, that when you see Gog and the land of Magog, my understanding, the land of Magog would be to the north of Israel, basically, and the scriptures talk about a nation coming from the north, and uh, a reference to Russia and then Gog, well, that could potentially be indicating the leader of Russia. But then it goes on to talk about Persia, which is Iran, talks about Kush and Put, and These are nations of Africa, to my understanding. And so we've got other nations listed, too. And so we see an alliance building against Israel. And in this day and age, Russia and Iran have certainly formed you know, somewhat of a military alliance, you could say, other nations are, you know, joining in somewhat with that too. So it seems like we have the framework of some of these things forming. And that's what we're talking about when we look at Ezekiel 38 and 39. We don't have any more time to get into that, but I really appreciate, Dan, that you prefaced that and brought up that. You know We're looking at this like everyone else, trying to understand and ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate what the Scriptures are saying here, and so we're bringing forth our view. If you have an entirely different view about this, as long as you've trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we are brothers and sisters in Christ, and so we can talk about these things, but they are not preeminent uh, issues by any means, and I appreciate you bringing that up. So thank you so much, Dan. I don't know if you've got We've got just a moment if you've got a final parting word about that or anything else here.
1: Yeah, I just want to ask for prayer. Pray for Israel. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the safe return of the hostages. Pray for safety for all the believers in the land. Pray that civilians' lives on both sides, Israel, Gaza, Palestinians, Jewish, Arab, Muslim civilians, innocent lives will be spared. And yeah, pray for salvation. Maybe God will take all of this to start a revival in Israel and all across the Middle East.
0: Yeah, Amen. And we are specifically commanded in the Word of God to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Dan Sarah, Chief Operating Officer of Jews for Jesus, on the Plum Line today. And thanks to you for tuning in. Love to have you share your thoughts or comments about the broadcast. Love to have your support, as well as the Plumb Line is a listener-supported radio ministry you can reach out to me at this email, theplumblineradio at gmail.com, Theplumblineradio at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on The Plum Line. The Plum Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com.